Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi's Listers. We thank them for their support. 10% discount on your legal fees at levislisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Michael, you're well rehearsed in this now. You know exactly um, what it is that they do, don't you, services wise? Yeah, legal services. Correct. Well, though, what, ki- what kind of legal services? If you had to list some of your favourites that are not wills, probate or conveyancing. Oh, now then. <laughs> <laughs> they are my favourites. So. I mean, we stopped specialising in talking in them two weeks ago now. Uh, well, let me think all the other stuff they do. If you had a dispute. Yeah, uh, yeah, like a, a work. To be resolved. A commercial uh, yeah. dispute. Property. Property dispute. Yep. I haven't because I'm, I'm friends with people. Your nose, you know. your nose is very clean, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not always. It's not necessarily going to be my fault, is it? Other people can be uh, can be annoying, so sometimes they need putting in line. Yeah, we do, we do need to talk about your legal victory actually at some point on the show. Of a, of a Wizz Air. Of a Wizz Air, yeah, the airline. But yes. that's a, that's a, that's not that was nothing to do with Levi's. No, but that I think by osmosis you learned mm. how to succeed in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I, I definitely went to a courtroom. That's, that's how good they are. And yes, it's uh, online appointments, that's it, isn't it, that we're talking about? Yep, you can do that. And why is that good? Because if you can do online appointments, you can do it from anywhere, can't you? Exactly, you don't have to be in Leeds. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Moscow's here as well, hello Moscow. Hi. We're going to be talking um, this week on the extra ball about managers that are uh, alive, which is always good. Because More we, than Leeds United have got. Well, we were, we were. It's, that's true, we don't have a, a current living manager, do we? Nope. No, dear me. So we were posed the question, it was on propaganda, wasn't it, a couple of weeks back, after the first Man United game, actually. Like, there, there was, their fans were suggesting it wasn't fair that we had an, we'd sacked a manager and had an interim manager in for reasons. Because hmm. um, so, the new manager bounce is unfair. It's an unfair presence in a it, season. It's unbeatable. Yes, mm. apart from the times... It, they beat us just afterwards. They, they, apart, could, yeah, but we didn't have the bounce then, did we? Yeah, yeah, the bounce had, happened, had gone. That was the, the standstill. Yeah, the ball... Um, Imagine a ball bouncing and then... Well, look at Deitch. This beat, first game, beat Arsenal. Yep. Second mm. game, lost. Done. It's over. They're down. <laughs> Which will be... Actually, we will be previewing Everton and Deitch in a bit. Oh, God, I can't wait for that. You, it's your favourite oh, part I've of the week, a, isn't it? I've got a sore throat as well at the moment. Oh, no excuse. Don't let me do it. No excuse. Do you know what it is? It'll be, it'll be a special coffee. Probably. Which we'll get into in this show. Because this show is just about picking on me for one thing or another. Be, my, do you know how Michael started? He's rejected the coffee that's provided by the um, the office that we're in, the serviced offices. Mm. Brings his own special coffee now. I just like to make one at home and drink it in the car on the way. Because the coffee here is not good <laughs> enough for Michael anymore. I have to have my special coffee. So uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting nice coffee. 
That's why I go to yeah, lanes. Dan. <laughs> anyway, extra ball. So we, we're exploring the, the question of if you could only lose your job as a manager through death, who would still be in charge of which Premier League club? Yeah, exactly. Which is an interesting thought experiment, isn't it? And, how and also does... if you had to stay in it as long as you lived. Yeah, that's the point. Like yeah, if yeah. you tried to resign. And oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, there's none of that. Yeah, For no. as long as there is a breath in your body, you manage Brentford. Yeah, well, it does mean we have a couple of 88-year-old managers <laughs> in the Premier League at the minute based on these rules. But that's on the extra ball for members as well, so check that out in your feed. Uh, into part one of the show then, which is the news. And speaking of managers, we don't have one, as we were scoops. saying. Scoops. But we have scoops. we got scoops. We had a tweet. We have one for the upcoming fixtures. Yep. Whatever yeah. that, whatever upcoming means. It wasn't just a tweet, it was a statement on the website as well. That, with yep. some quotes from The two him. were related, yes. Yeah, um, so it all up, works together. Upcoming fixtures could mean anything for the, from now until the club folds, which will hopefully be soon, <laughs> given the stress to inflict on us. Yeah, no one saw this coming. But, um, a week ago, I think we were still fairly confident of getting th- a manager who in. Who called it on the last show? I think I said, these things happen, or something mm. along those lines. Because you've got quite a bleak outlook. Exactly. I think, it was like, what, what's the worst thing that could happen here? they've made a massive thing about we're going to have someone in quickly and they'll completely fuck it up but even I didn't think we'd actually do it mm. but here we, we are we were saying it would be a good idea were we? The, yeah on the match ball we were, <laughs> were saying, we? <laughs> yeah we'd all basically come around to like, like if Scoobs is, yep. keeps it going like oh, what's okay. wrong with just like we may as well just give it to him if he he was sort of the two games he had as he has now proven kind of put himself into a viable contention it's like well if we can't get anybody else, then we were like, could he be the option? But I think it was that thing of not expecting it to, to happen. It was, if that is the worst thing that can happen, then he's done all right so far. So you'd feel, I, I don't feel bad about it. I know everybody seems very mm. upset, but I'm a bit confused about some of the the logic. What, what logic are you confused Who's logic? Like fan logic or the clubs? We The kind of the, like we trusted him with the team against a team that's third in the table twice. So he should probably be able to handle Everton and Southampton, who are objectively much, much worse. Yeah. But I guess the thing with those games was it was too soon to get anyone else in and you hoped the club would, mm. would fit. It's a bit like, you know, putting a bit of gaffer tape on something is fine for it's fine for to keep it to keep <laughs> something, the expert. to keep something held together for a for a period. But eventually you're gonna to want to get replaced or screw it together. Or use a cable tie. That's what I that's my yeah. long term. I mean, cable ties are very robust, aren't they? They really are. So I, I guess that's why people are a bit um Yeah. Were you saying that we were happy to keep him after the second scum game when um Alien Head had come into town and everyone was like, God, not him. Alien I'm pretty Head. sure we Yeah, basically. Yeah. We, we, I'm, I'm from memory. I can remember we were all sitting here thinking, well, Scoobs is all right, isn't he? Like, the team looks a lot better. He seems to be getting more out of them than the last guy. So it'll be fine. And it is kind of, it's not ideal. It, I think there's, there's probably, there came a point. I think this is probably the, the first good decision they've made since they sacked Jesse Marsh. Because Marsh, now in retrospect, it looks like that should have been done much sooner to give us a much better chance of replacing him with anybody. That's the current problem. In the predicament they are in, saying on Tuesday, we're just going to give it scoops on at the weekend at least and probably for the one after kind of, at least it's some certainty and you know where you're going with that. And then, because even if, like it's Thursday lunchtime now, so even if Nuno uh, said, I'll do it, it's like he's not a, a magician. We don't suddenly then beat Everton just because mm. we got Nuno before on Friday and he's probably in a different country at the moment and all that kind of stuff so so even if we announced Nuno now um, it's still Scoob's team on 
the weekend. So I guess putting that in place and saying, listen, we're going to look for a manager, but Saturday, it's down at Scoobs. I was going to say it's... Um, could fa- we, can I use my favourite word again? Sorry, Mike. Optics. Say, yeah, optics. It's the optics of it, isn't it? How it looks. I watched Succession, by the way. I'm not. This is not my word. It's their word. It's in there a lot. Um, how it looks. And had Radrazani not tweeted, then we may not have had as much drama. Yeah, there would have been expectations that still probably would have been... Like, I mean, you always get the drama because you had the thing when... Uh, was it when uh, Weston McKenney was signed and everyone's desperate for like, why, why hasn't the announcement been made yet? And the, like, the, there wasn't it's not even, done yet. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't even a time frame on it. It was just like, kind of like, everyone's getting very irate about it not being um, announced on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so there's always that certain amount of pressure. And that's where Rodrigo Zani just loves adding to it. Yeah, the, the sensible thing to do. It now looks like having seen the state of the job market was to have made this decision back when there were good managers available. Are willing to do the job and so like a um, foresight do you want to if you had to accuse him of anything would that be it well I don't know who has foresight Mother Shipton mm. <laughs> Mystic Meg used to do on the, the lottery mm. do you remember on the lottery on Saturday night and a crystal ball would come up and, so it is and she'd mm. say I think the winner will be a yeah. man or a woman or you know that kind of thing yeah it's um, it does start to add up though because you know it's second year in a row that when they've left it too late to act and ended up acting at the worst possible time um, and making things uh, much more difficult because there's always the story. We had it very quickly with Roderick Sani of like, we play Aston Villa and he wants to sack a manager. But then there's this pause. We had it with Thomas Christensen when I think they wanted him. They all sort of started saying, this isn't going to work. And then leaving it a while longer until he stayed. Did he stay until after the January window had closed as well? And then we got yeah, Eki in. So it's always just that thing of, leaving it a bit too late and not being bold, even with like the, the hindsight that we're all talking with Bielsa where they're saying, oh, you know, last summer we were talking about signing, uh, getting rid of him and replacing him with a new coach and instead of new players, but we never did out about it. So now look over and I say, well, should have just sacked him then if you'd lost faith in him. There's kind of this lack of, uh, there just seem to be a consistent theme of, of not making the decisions at a, a time that would benefit them the most and then backing into a corner where you are now, like, ah, oh, we'll just have to give it scoops. When did we beat? We beat Liverpool. So that was, it was, I'm just looking on Wikipedia, it was the 29th of October we beat Liverpool. And then um, we beat Bournemouth. And we? you wonder, off the back of those four defeats, at that point, because there was talk that they lost faith in him then, and that basically, that saved his job. Mm. That if you'd lost faith in him then, and you didn't think it was going to work, should a single result, and again, it's always with the benefit of hindsight, should a single result then completely shift your opinion the other way? Or back over the threshold of, of firing anyway. Well, I, I would have been. It was clear over summer we weren't going to get rid of him. The way last season ended, I wouldn't have objected to us making a change in summer, which I know is potentially a bit harsh, given, given we just stayed up. But there wasn't much good stuff at the end of last mm. year, and I suppose I slightly took on board what Jesse said about dealing with the stress of it and how you can't play proper football there, and how they weren't his players and all that sort of stuff. But it was. It seemed fairly early this season that people are already thinking well now he's, now he's got all the stuff he wanted he's got the time he's got the players and it still looks not altogether different than that first home defeat against Villa we're still conceding the same the pull back to the edge of the box with them scoring the ball to the back post and them scoring the lack of width going forward it does all look a bit similar still Yeah. so why are we, what exactly has happened in this period and what and if he's not done anything to this point when does it change? And I know there are there are examples of 
managers do uh, turning it around. Like Arteta at Arsenal had a couple of tough years, and now they're top of the league. Admittedly, they're now in the they're, not, of, they're not actually. Oh, they're not. They're, they're, no. oh, Dos Knight. They're now. A, They've got a game in hand, though. dropping like a stone. Obviously, but <laughs> you would have. Can to we say, just say you would have it, to say that has worked? I am completely ambivalent about Man City winning anything because, as we've seen, they like to approach it in their own unique way, and it don't mean anything, does it? When you yeah. with the, all the money of a Petro State behind you, or whatever Petro dollars. Funny to watch Arsenal took it away. The only reason I want Man City to lose really is because I, I enjoy listening to City Extra. There, yeah, fair enough, yeah. And them getting upset about stuff. But yeah, I, I agree. It's On the flip side, you've got Arsenal fan TV, you know. To... They're trying to be sane at the moment, though. I've noticed this Yeah, but that, that'll go out the window. If they blow this, it'll go out the window by the end of the season. They'll be furious. Mm, possibly so. But yeah, I'm, I'm the same with Man City. I think oh, I'll let them win it because it doesn't it yeah, matter anyway. Any difference, oh, well done. Meaningless. Well done. You've, you've spent a billions of pounds and you've won it. Uh, amazing. Well done. I'm take shocked. It, uh, take it all off them later. Well, exactly. Uh, Hopefully. I think with us, it was it's about um, how I suppose there's different styles of leadership, and there's one where um, it's doing what Arsenal did with Arteta, and it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna block out all the noise, concentrate on the good that we see, and back him to eventually become successful, and that's paid off. But then I think with us, when we came back after the break for the Queen passing away, then it was the nil nil at, uh, at home to Villa which mitigating circumstances, Sinistera's red card and Villa being annoying. But then losing to Palace, losing to Arsenal. Arsenal, the performance was good, wasn't it? Losing to Leicester, the performance was terrible. Was awful. Losing to Fulham. Was awful. And then we managed to, we got late winner at Liverpool. Late winner against Bournemouth. Bournemouth and Spurs are kind of the same game, but with the results reversed. So the underlying trend of performances everything was quite similar where it's all quite chaotic and there's not really a, a thing happening. But that run of games without winning from, well, basically after beating Chelsea, Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Villa, Palace, Arsenal, Leicester, Fulham. There was enough awfulness in there. It's, uh, yeah, Fulham was pretty bad. There was enough awfulness going on in all that that took him right to the brink at Liverpool where it's like, if he doesn't get a result here, um, he's gone. And yeah, I think that was maybe the moment where going into the World Cup, it was a decision to go like, what's the actual trend? Is it that we've beaten Liverpool and got we've got late winners against Liverpool and Bournemouth and that shows a bright future? Or is it that it's taken weeks to get decent performances and decent results and that's the trend? And then the third part is who else could come now and take over? And I think looking around, it's where some of our hindsight fits in, where you start seeing who other clubs have managed to get during that period. You go, well, we could have maybe had one of those if we'd made that decision at that point. We nearly had Alfred Schroeder. We did. And then now we've got, uh, it's probably for the best that we didn't, or just in terms of keeping the peace. And I, was, I would say, just, just based on what you were saying there, Moscow, actually, the fact that we, we still, even with hindsight, can't properly pick the moment at which you would go, well, that's when he should have gone. Because there were moments where you've gone, uh, particularly off the back of bad performances like Leicester, but then it was followed by, um, all right, ignore the Fulham game for a second, but yeah, Liverpool, Bournemouth, and then a good performance at Spurs that sh- we should have won. Well, I would or, take... or it was some week, but so, and that's where we went into the World Cup break. So you think, okay, it is kind of heading in the right direction, yeah. roughly, but it, it all... Buzzed. I would take it after the, the the break for the Queen when we came back looking no better. Hmm. 
I was going to say he had a, a second preseason and we didn't improve. I was going to say it all, it all boils down to results, doesn't it? No matter which way you approach this from, whether you agree with leaving Scoobs in or you think they should have done something more or you think the timing was bad, it all boils down to results. That, and that's what's done for Marsh in his job, regardless of whether you think the performances were improving. And it's what they need now. So Scoobs only looks like a good decision if we come out of these next two games with four points, mm. six. I think four would be okay. I think, I think four would be just about all right. It would. Six, uh, six he gets the job for life. <laughs> it probably sign, does. Sign that 10-year FFP-friendly contract. Well, the, the problem is he's not been talking to uh, Victor Alta for long enough, probably. I think, I think anyone put in a room with Victor Alta can persuade him that they're, that they're a, a managerial... When you think, Yeah, but when you think about it, the whole futsal background, the fact that he's ascended relatively quickly, you know, for, for where he is. I mean, we're talking, you know, a guy was <laughs> spotted as a, a PE teacher by some of his ex-pupils not so long ago in the last week or two. Victor Otto will be all over that. It's such a hipster thing to do. I put, I was the first guy to put a futsal coach in. Although we got rid of Marich, didn't we? He was the um, the blogger. The blogger he, was the ta- yeah. he was the tactics blogger. Seems Literally. to have been having a nice time in the in the stands. Though. It is very concerning though that we make these appointments because it's a, it's another failure and and almost appointing Schroeder would have. I don't know whether it would have been a failure on the pitch, but it certainly didn't look like a very good appointment. You know, to to everyone looking in at it going well this guy's not got any history of success anywhere particularly he did, he did, he did well he, but he did well for like well, so, but he's copied a few the, months he's copied he? the Jesse March uh, the Jesse Marsh arc of doing well in a smaller league with the best team in the league mm. and then making steps up and, and then failing and then he's left his most recent job under something of a cloud because he was a very bad fit for it by the mm. looks of it so it, it, it's got Victor Arthur all over it. Are we unusual in having basically one football person? I think so. In charge of stuff. I don't know if... A director of football? No, there's lots of clubs that die. No, but I mean, in terms of the people who make the decision, it feels like Arthur is in charge of that. And maybe there's not... You've got Radrazani who is in charge of the business stuff. The 49ers lingering somewhere in the background. You've got Kinnear who seems to manage day-to-day business stuff I don't know it feels like is there anyone there to argue the toss with Arthur to yeah. say I think Radrazani I, I don't think necessarily this is the right I think Radrazani is probably, probably the one who does the most arguing the toss but that's from a position of not knowing much about football like I said I, I don't know I don't know about structures at other clubs it feels like Victor Alter is essentially the go-to man though for it's, it's an awful all football it's stuff. a lot of um, power concentrated into a very small area isn't it mm. but is, is that different from say Brighton who have a director of football yeah, I, don't you'd know. Have I don't know in, you'd have someone in charge and I think it would not be a good structure to have Designed a by direct, yeah. Well, to have a director of football and then to have somebody sitting next to him going mm. like, he's wrong. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's going to be... Not to say he's wrong, though, but to, I guess to to maybe discuss things at a, at a deeper level in terms of what might work and might, what might not yeah, work. Yeah, the sense that maybe, I don't know, maybe you've got like a, a head of recruitment who's separate to... Yeah. The, and they work together and it's and it's two voices, right? even if the director of football has the ultimate sign-off. But we're just kind of speculating here, aren't we? Yeah, completely. Um, what, we, what we're not speculating on, though, is that other than Bielsa, Arthur's appointments have been shit. Yes. There's no there's no debate. I, I think, I think been, that's what happened with Schroeder as well, is that people looked at him and went, he's just like the others, stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if he would have been the best fit at, at this particular time because they want to wait for the summer or whatever. Anyway, Jesse Marsh, not going to Southampton. Uh, are you upset, relieved, happy, delighted, think it's funny? I wanted him to go, though, because I don't think he's very good. <laughs> and I thought he'd, I thought he'd be a, a nice ticket to them taking up one of the relegation spots because I think they've got a worse squad than us and he couldn't get results with us so you would therefore assume he wouldn't with them mm. they seem to have a bit of the they're trying the scoops tactic as well I guess it's just the season is that there must be no managers around apart from Jesse Marsh and Nathan Jones so there's maybe the 
the prospect that we could swap, but they're going with, uh, is he called Tellers, who's the um, the coach that's stepping up, and it's the same, similar sort of thing where uh, the players like him, and he's well regarded within the club, and he's always been kind of like, they've brought him in with an eye that he could develop in the future, and things have improved since they got rid of Nathan, I mean everything, of course. As soon as Nathan Jones goes, you just breathe a huge um, sigh of relief, don't you? But um, yeah, so they're going down that route. It would have been uh, entertaining because he... I think, it would have, do you think it would have provided kind of a bit of closure in terms of how it would have panned out at Leeds? Because if he takes them down, albeit they're lower down than us mm. in the table, you would have gone, well, that's what would have probably happened. If Scoobs had smacked his Saints like 6-0 at Elland Road, I think that would have that would have said a few things, wouldn't it? But we're into the road. But equally, if the Saints had marched all over Scoobatron's lads and it ended with a, we end up relegated at their expense. And that says something for Jesse Martin, does it? So it's maybe for the best that, that it doesn't happen. It's curious with the way Marsh has left. And I think it might be relevant to how long it is. It took to make the decision is Randy Marich has had his little sort of tweets that seem from his reading between the lines that he wasn't happy working for Marsh. And it's like, well, when, and you wonder when that began. Is that in the last month or was it a long time ago that he's been struggling to get his ideas involved? And then the players, not a single player saying anything still. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, like, you can read into it what you want, but it's really interesting. Yeah, and then Jesse Marsh saying nothing either, which is also interesting. So this sort of... And there's a break from form. uh, This this cone of silence that has uh, descended over him leaving Ellen Road speaks to or suggests, and you can speculate, that he was not happy, like no, like he's gone and nobody's going to miss him and people are glad that he's gone and that if he, even he is glad that he's gone. So you wonder when that started and whether a decision could have been made earlier because you say before, it's all about results and we beat Liverpool, so it's fine. But then did we beat Liverpool? But at the same time, you walk into Thorpe Arch every day and everyone's like, this guy, this guy. So speculation, but there's something in there about maybe we could have moved earlier if it was as unhappy behind the scenes as we can sort of read into it appearing. All of that would have had to come out in the open if he was turning up with Southampton because he does his press conference. So what happened at Leeds? Well, he's like, yeah. Well, and you know, we know from his history that he's not just going to go, um, I'd rather not talk about Leeds because <laughs> it would have burned him up inside. He'd have, well, he would have said that and then gone on to talk about it yeah. for 50 minutes. But also our players would have then had to do the round of media interviews before the games where it's like, so you're coming up against Jesse Marsh and they, they would have been forced to try and bland their way out of it. It's like, yeah, you know, obviously sad that things didn't work out, but the like the questions would have been asked and it would have been a week leading up to that game of sort of reliving as we are doing on this podcast right now what happened with Marsh at Leeds and we won't have that if you're in there we can just concentrate on beating them which is probably a more useful mm. uh, thing to do and having Let, a, a few distractions celebrate Scoobs we had a, a ruling on um, Scoobs by the way you know the spelling okay and the nickname we had a very kind email from let me just find the fella. He was called still Joe. Is, I still is probably called Joe. Yeah, Joe's always going to be called Joe. You wouldn't stop him being called Joe. Joseph. So the uh, spelling and also where the nickname had come from. Joe had the pleasure of playing for him. He played for Scoobs at Loughborough Uni, the uh, Loughborough Uni football team of 2014-15. And he sent us a screenshot from a Michael Scubala message. Okay. Uh, saying, uh, gents, hope you're well and exams are going okay. Wednesday afternoon sessions are now finished. Please tell me if you're still around on the 24th and available to be bodies in football sessions all day. Cheers. So, before you get to it, I've said good at admin. 
yeah, yeah, he's all, he's all on top of it. So everything's organized. And then sign off. Cheers, Scoobs. And it is S-K-U-B-E. I can't even spell. <laughs> yeah, simple words. S-K. S-K-U-B-E-S. Yeah. So not the, I'd gone for. Are you sure it's not Scoobs? I'd favoured S-K-O-O-B-S for the kind of Scooby-Doo tie-in. But um, he, the man himself, prefers S-K-U-B-E-S. And Joe did add, uh, he said he's a great bloke and manager. Shame, I was a know-it-all student who didn't listen much. <laughs> uh, hence why I'm about to set off for a game of reserve team, Sunday League football on a hangover, while he's about to lead us to a non inspired thrashing of that bunch of tosses from across the Pennines. There we go. Um, but yeah, so uh, he is officially scoops. And I'd noticed... Scoops um, like pubes, that's how you remember it. Yeah, I've <laughs> noticed nice, uh, yeah. Bill ailing on a interview I think after his first game referred to him he dropped to Scoobs so it's pretty well uh, established and, Jesse Marsh uh, definitely called him it in the early days do you think he walked in yeah and he we went, got higher we got higher authorities we got a, a, a <laughs> Loughborough Uni student and uh, Luke Ayling <laughs> he went, um, he went we, now I believe it I'm Michael Scoobala don't call me Mike call me Scoobs are you happy that we're going to be managed by Michael is it a, it's the first time is it I think so yeah why not yeah, I might, ch- I might change my surname as well, just to add to confusion. What, to Scoobs? To Scoobs. Okay. Well done to the women. They are back on the right track after beating uh, Mersey Rail 5-1 at home. Very good. You like what that did there? Very good, yes. Playing league football as well, because the Cups, uh, as you were saying last week, uh, I think it was you, Moscow anyway, somebody in that chair mm. mentioned that um, the uh, the league games get cancelled in favour of the Cups. Abby yeah. Brown with a hat-trick, you can read about that on the and blog. And an assist. Well. Hat-trick and an assist. That's a bit much, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Good. It, it, but she did not get carried away. And Flora Snelson, as you were about to say, I jumped in by accident. Was written about that, about uh, a goal scorer just doing business. Couldn't even remember any of the goals afterwards. Doing business. It's good as well on the highlights. You can hear a Neil Warnock shouts of brownie, brownie over and over again, which is, which oh, is nice. Um, he's back in business now, isn't he? He's Colin. Did you see that um, they played at Stoke, did Huddersfield uh, last night? So this is Wednesday night. Uh, we're recording on Thursday morning. Um he wasn't there, was he? I don't yeah, think. he didn't bother. He was finishing off his family holiday. He pulled a Steve Bruce. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Where is he? Uh, we know. Probably Cornwall. Just still in Cornwall. Just down the coast. <laughs> what was the result? 3-0, I think it was. They lost. Oh. They lost 3-0. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Because well, at, at one stage, yeah. um, BBC Radio Leeds uh, tweeted out saying that the, the hosts were one nil in, were in front, but then put it as Stoke City nil, Huddersfield won. So I think it may, may have given people the impression that Huddersfield were winning, but they weren't. Oh, it's great stuff. So they, uh, huh? they were, okay. So we, I mean, we tried to deal with Stoke City's team a few weeks ago by accident. <laughs> um, Stoke took the lead through Phil Jagielka. Jags. Naturally. Wow. But old he must, Jags he must, is, be, uh, he must be at least 50. Uh, assisted by Will Smallbone. Mm-hmm. Mentioned just for his, because his name's funny. Then in the second half, uh, William Boyle gets sent off for Huddersfield and it's a collapse. And then, so who scored who made it 3-0 in the 94th minute? Was it um, Baker? It was Lewis Baker, yeah. Scored that 10 minutes after Dwight Gale was substituted off. But, uh, and he'd only just come on for in replace of Will Smallbone. But that's great, isn't it? Yeah, Warnock can't even be bothered turning up to Stoke and they lose 3-0 and have a player sent off. Oh, well, it'll just uh, help inspire them for the weekend. What are like? I can go in there and I can... Uh, we won't, I won't even bother watching that game because it's all in the past. And it, like any other manager would be, oh, well, I, I probably need to watch that game and work out what went wrong. No, no, no. We just need to get them, uh, get them back, into, uh, get back into the right frame of mind. And I, I think me going in there is really going to uh, 
cheer them all up so we won't have to dwell on that. What a team, though. You were saying on um, one of the other podcasts... <laughs> Seamless. ...about... Like, he, he never changes. No. But it's also... Like and you were talking as well about the Huddersfield team, that never changes either. Like that, it's it's been the same for twenty years, hasn't it? Yeah, of course. It's Waghorn and it's Hogg and it's Tom Lees is there and who was the other play? Um, Danny Ward Jordan and Jordan Rhodes. Rhodes are still there. I it's, mean, they've they've left and gone back, but still, I feel like John Stead is probably going to be on the bench still or something. It just it? it just works. He's probably going to try and get Jags for next season, but just that because he'll be in League One and he won't be able to handle. Stoke mm. in the championship anymore. Andy Booth is still out of Huddersfield, actually, isn't he? In some capacity, and he'll have been Warnock oh, like, must know him. Maybe it's like oh, he had say- Boothy as a kid. There's like there's um, videos of him trying to cheer Boothy up. That's it. It's one of the great early Warnock videos at Huddersfield where he's absolutely tearing shreds off of everybody, and then as they're going out, he's like, "Not you though, Boothy. You <laughs> you're doing great for me out there, son." Huddersfield currently twenty third in the championship. Uh, on 28 points just 41 off the top um, yeah, no worry which I mean can, I'll, I'll go there next week they've still got 45 to play for Moscow so it's, it could be on that push could still happen if everybody above them loses every game God I hope he don't succeed there of course he won't of course he won't um, just, just to be a fucking smug he'll be about it <laughs> but at least we'll have some clips for propaganda because they'll be on Radio Leeds won't you so we'll have mm. some, some readily available stuff there after, uh, I bet they're delighted to have him back listening figures <laughs> take a tumble <laughs> You lose Jesse Marsh, you gain Neil Warnock. And finally, 21s drew 2-2 at Newcastle, coached by somebody called Mikhail Pudak, mm. who is not Mickey Scoobs. No. Who knew we had so Mickey many... Mickey Poods. Uh, Poods? M- Mickey Poods, yeah. Maybe you can, are you going to try and combine all their names into your new identity? <laughs> Michael Pudak Skabala. Scoobjack. Something like that. Yeah, we weren't allowed to watch this one, were we? Because the Merseyside derby was on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the the rules are that you're not allowed to screen anything at the time when uh, the Premier League is on. Although the under-18s game was on during the game last night, City against Everton, Manchester yeah. City. Maybe the child football, so it's all right. Yeah, so there must be a level, but it's, yeah, pretty old. I think, I don't know why they think that there's this massive amount of interest in an under-21s <laughs> game that's going to rob the Premier League of all its viewers, and yet... The under 18s, no, that's fine. It's primarily subscription model anyway. You got the money. Mm. Let people watch the under 21s for God's sake. Yeah, I suppose they're selling it. There will be those few advertisers clinging on, going, oh, why can't we? Why are they're all watching <laughs> Leeds against Newcastle on <laughs> LUTV? The main yeah. thing I got from the highlights was that they still play um, the Mark Knopfler song at the start, even, at, even in a what's essentially a football pitch field just surrounded by a little. A little white barrier. They still have Mike Knopfler playing. Lo- the local the, hero song. Mm. Yeah. This is the venue where, was it Will Huffer who uh, had to get a new goalkeeper shirt? Well, no, he made the entire Newcastle team change because he's colourblind and he couldn't see the shirts. Yeah. Good. Yeah, Not good that he's colourblind, good that he made him change. It was the same um, floodlights. And uh, it, it did look quite dark on the old uh, highlights. Mm. Um, and yes, I'd forgotten. I don't know if that... I'm sure he, that Will Huffer is colourblind during the day as well, but I don't think that the floodlighting helped so. can anyone tell me where Will Huffer is now as in football club not Salford Burgess Hill Town FC oh, that's down there. there Brighton isn't it I could have waited probably quite a long time for you to guess that one yes it is it's in uh, Sussex I think it's Alex Sussex. Cairns might have gone to Salford he's recently left Fleetwood mm. anyway well <laughs> better, than, better than I am in goal isn't he I suppose so <laughs> can't really knock it
Part two of the show is the Everton preview. Let's do the Everton preview, shall we then? Let's preview Everton. I said preview in Everton far too many times then at the start. Call them the Toffees. The Toffees. Yeah. Sean Dyche is in charge. Oh, dear. So we don't really have a big data set, do we? We've got the victory <laughs> against Arsenal, the defeat to Liverpool, and... That's um, okay. A hundred years of Burnley. Yeah. I don't know what to feel about Everton anymore. Because they were quite easy to hate when Lampard was there. Mm. He was very much the conduit for that, wasn't he? Yeah, but it's, now he's gone, I sort of think, yeah, oh, all right, really. I mean, I, yeah, I quite like him as a club. I always <laughs> have done on the basis that they're not Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's where most of my sympathy comes from as well. I think oh, I can't be easy having to share a city with that lot. Yeah. So, yeah, and Deitch is there now. It's, it's funny, if, in a different, if Frank Lampard had been slightly less shit, or Jesse Marsh had been slightly more shit, we might have Deitch as our manager now. Mm. Because he would have probably been on a list somewhere, wouldn't he? How do you think he'd be communicating with the lads in the, <laughs> the training ground? Uh, roughly speaking. Yeah. <laughs> how, does, how does he go in following uh, Jesse Marsh masterclass? Yeah, what, what, what does, would he say? Like, to, like oh, God, to stop, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've, you know, Think sort, how he feels. He'd be he's going like, in and talking about like the previous boss did, what, how he's going to introduce his ideas. But I don't know what he'd say. Uh, well, well, he would probably pick, and this is, this is the amount of coaching we have to do to get this out of Michael, he would probably pick... You've had your special coffee. He would probably pick a selection <laughs> My throat of, hurts. My special coffee dries my throat out. He would probably pick a selection of Jesse Marsh's cliches and catchphrases. Catchphrases. With which we're all familiar. Yes, Mr. Moneypenny. And he would throw them back at them and say, we're not going to be talking about those Stresses for fannies. Something like that. There we go. Yeah. That'd do. What's clarity for? Fucking pint glasses. <laughs> Good. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> Any views on? I imagine they'd probably have something in common on width, wouldn't they? Uh, I fucking love width. Get it down the fucking wing. Get it into that fucking box. <laughs> For Darky. <laughs> I know he's sent it back, but fuck it. They can't rely on Calvert Lewin, can they? No, they can't. So bringing that, um, you see, I'll give you an out. Bring it back, good. He's made of biscuits, isn't he, Calvert Lewin? Fully Pat Bamford. Mm. Oh, the Pat Bamford obviously is now fit and well. But... Yeah, he's looking good, isn't he? No. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Don't try and buy any Pat Bamford mugs off us, by the way. Gone. All Sold. gone. Sold about 150 of them or something, haven't we? Since it's almost like marketing works. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Uh-huh. But when we reduced them, that was the issue. We should have 
if you've got one now, stick it on eBay for like hundred pounds. Hundred quid, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm gonna do that with mine. That's where they've all gone, isn't it? <laughs> you, you've been, you've been trousering them. Uh, yeah. But no, Dominic Calvert Lewin does sound. Um, Sean Dyche said in in not in his voice. He said uh, he said just get him get the in, get him fit, but uh, so he's genuinely fit, so his body doesn't break down. So I didn't understand that. Do it again, sorry, Sean. No. <laughs> you heard. I didn't. So, so yeah, he's in a bad way. He's in a bad way. Mm, and and they've been they've been left playing against Liverpool. They had um, that Sims character who they dragged back from Sunderland, which meant that Joffy's gone in the other direction. Exactly. Look at that circle of life. So, did you watch the Liverpool game? Uh, sort of. Yeah, it was on the on. Mm. Uh, I didn't watch it particularly closely because football's quite stressful at the minute. <laughs> it was nice to see how you know Cody Gakpo was getting on. Yeah, he scored, didn't he? I didn't actually see his goal. That was the bit that I missed. Well, yeah, but I also missed that in fairness. Yeah. I was I was watching. Um, Watch the first half. Best thing he's ever done for Leeds, that, isn't it? So far. I mean, the first half, Liverpool were by far the better team in it. But just before Liverpool scored, there was a set piece where Taki at the post, and there, was big, there was a big yeah. scramble, and I just I just saw it and I thought, oh no. 13 <laughs> seconds before Liverpool scored. The exact yeah. timing. I was but watching as well, and look, I loved it. We, we will probably be set up to try and hit them quickly on the break which is what Liverpool works. did. And it works. We know that, yeah. Because Pickford went all over the place. I know. England he, goalkeeper just he, can't that was very keep strange. goal He came anymore. out to mark whoever it was that was furthest over. It Was it... Uh, I think it was Gakpo no, at the back post. Gakpo at the back post and Salah actually got there first, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, it just didn't occur to him that there might be another... Um, so I'm a little distracted, but from, I got confused when you were reading his quote about the trying to get him genuinely fit. It reminded me of the lyrics to I like to move it, move it by reel to reel, but that's physically fit. Physically fit, physically fit, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm now imagining Sean Deitch singing I like to move it, move it. So it's quite difficult for me to concentrate <laughs> on what else is going on. You, you almost like need to hear that, don't you? So you could get it out of your mind. I mean, I've got the lyrics here if anybody could do that. It helps. Yeah. It's like a palate cleanser, isn't it, between the courses? Although I'm not and, sure and you I'm really need I'm the lyrics boosh. for the chorus of I like to move it, move it. Do you want that, do you want that written down or do you just want to <laughs> uh, crack through I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I you like, like to, to move it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. There, there we go. go. He'll be shouting that from the sidelines on Saturday. Do you I think mean, there's a chance he's deliberately broken Calvert Lewin? Just because he can't be bothered with him. Just because he's he doesn't <laughs> like his style and he's just yeah. like, I'm not having this. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna break you. Punishing him for dressing like a schoolgirl on exactly. that magazine cover. Made it's, him train in high heels or something. It's his famous uh, <laughs> snapped his Achilles or whatever. It's his famous like perplexing Bamford problem was where he didn't like that he played the piano and then Bamford tells the story that uh, Deitch was accusing him of being spoiled and never having to work hard for what he'd achieved in football and Bamford was like, well, I don't even know what what do you mean? He's like, well, who, who dropped you off? On your first day. What? And What? Um, what? And Bamford said, well, my mum and dad. Exactly. So Deitch's whole problem with Pat can Bamford... I just, can I just request you don't do the voice? No. Was His whole problem with Pat Bamford was that his mum and dad had brought him to Burnley on his first day. And so it doesn't take... Should have got the bus with no shoes on. Exactly. Should have walked <laughs> from Nottingham in clogs. And it's... Um, so it doesn't take much. And so, yeah, I can imagine him just looking at Dominic Calvert-Lewin's whole deal and just going, I'm just going to... <laughs> Obviously, I can't do the voice. I'm not allowed. I'll just batter him, and then he won't be a problem anymore. So do we'll do just... you think maybe that that thing with Deitch and Bamford is because they're both from Nottingham, different sides of Nottingham? Is he from, Nottingham? Is he from Nottingham? I think Deitch? so. I thought he was from he's from further south. I think. Is he? Let's find out. I think he's a, is he originally Northampton, and he's recently moved up to Nottingham to be closer to Ian Wone and Ian Wone's family. But then this job has come. Oh, up. Oh, it's Kettering. 
Kettering, that's the place, yep. of course. And you, then, you, uh, you imagine he's northern, don't you? My mate's Jews from Kettering. They don't know each other. It's him and James Acaster, isn't it? So yeah. there's... Um, but yeah, but now him and Woney are back to what they had at Burnley, which is like, I, well, I assume, but at Burnley, they shared a flat in Burnley and then would drive back to Nottingham sometimes. Um, so Ian Wong could see his family and then Deitch would go further. He'd go home to Kettering. I don't know where Steve Stone fits into this apart from the fact that his name rhymes with Ian Wong's mm. and that's always the been the key to a Deitch backroom staff. Uh, he's, he's not actually there, is he, Steve Stone? Yeah, Stone and Wong. Is he? He's got the, of course, he's got them all back together. He can't go anywhere without Stone and Wong. Steve and Brian Stone, same, exactly the same age as, uh, as Daichi, but obviously from Gateshead. So like, you'd think they're going to go across the motorway and go the opposite way, one up the A1, yeah. one down the A1. You can't have Stone without Wong. It's like wine and grind. Hmm. Like Chakademus without pliers? Exactly, all these things. I feel like we're going to a little way off piece here. Hmm. Are we going to beat them? I think that's what people want to know, isn't it? They want to know whether we think you know, we're going to beat them or not. What's funny, I mean, this show will come out before the athletic show, but Phil's partially off this week and we've had to coerce him into... Well, he, was at, he was actually fully off until we, he was I, bullied into doing something. Yeah, and he was not happy that, that we, we made him come back on his own show. But it's called the Phil Hay Show. I mean, what are you supposed to do then? What, what are you going to do when the man has a holiday? True. Why don't you think about that when they commissioned the show name? So we made him come back on, didn't we, for 20 minutes <laughs> with, with a gun to his head to do... Uh, but well, sorry, well, he talked about scoops, but we've um, we've got to do the Everton preview over there, Did and we're doing it here. Go on. I'm just going to say you, you might know it. No, it's a slight contrasting in styles between where mm. we've got to behave ourselves for the athletic, and this where we're talking about '90s pop. I probably won't do a voice on the uh, athletic one either. You could think. do Phil's voice. <laughs> well done. There you go. <laughs> Let's pretend he's. Yeah, I don't know why you're not. You could. You could pretending. have done it. Yeah. Should have put it. Oh, it would have been great to put out a full episode. No, no, Michael. I, I could have done both actually. Michael's not here, but Phil is. Then you'll find out if he listens to it when he's not on. <laughs> and, and, that, he, and that would be the end of the contract. Yeah, well, well, Cause you through. Well, they might not notice the difference. It's a, it's a pretty good impression. Uh, anyway, back to Goodison with if, guest Sean Dyche. Feels like we're avoiding talking about the game again. Yeah, what's going to happen? My theory, which I've already put out privately to you, Dan, is that Taki will score a header on about twelve minutes. Then they will waste time relentlessly we'll, with, we'll with, attack have all the ball with Jordan Pickford eventually yeah. getting booked for time wasting in the 87th minute yeah having taken a total of 28 minutes to take goal kicks throughout the game mm -hmm. but in play time of the football 12, oh, 12 minutes something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah barely barely at all that's what that's what would probably suit I, I think what about you Moscow I think our superior footballing prowess will see us home at the weekend yeah I think we're a better team so we'll probably win interesting and I think that's kind of, it's the Scoobs uh, situation is we're kind of removed. Because we were saying on the other show that, you know, Victor Auto loves to be sold a philosophy and like all the kind of things that come with it. We haven't got any of that. Just got a guy to come in and say, right, we're going to set up like this. Here's what the other team does. So don't let them do that and go and play really well. It's interesting you say that because the sh we've recorded the bit with Phil already that's going on his show that will be out after this one. Mm. And he was saying, Scoobs has basically simplified it. Yeah. Like just taking away all the other stuff. Any confusing messaging, whatever it might be, and say, just sort of go out and do your thing, lads. It's mm. kind of the uncharitable reading of how we got out of trouble last year is to say that it won't marsh what won it, um, that the, the players got us over the line. I know people argue back and forth about that. But at some point, and it's kind of how I feel about us not how I was going into these games without a manager, without, you know, unveiling. Nuno or somebody is like a manager is not a magic bullet at some point it is back to the players being on the pitch and either putting the ball in the net or keeping it out of house or not and so what's and so 
knowing that we've got a bunch of good players, knowing what we, that we've got a core of players who got us promoted, who got through the Derby defeat as well, who then uh, got us up to ninth and then kept us up last season. So they've been through a lot. They know a lot of what's going on. How much more is it maybe easier and it looks easier in the two games um, in the past week to stop trying to tell them too much and just go like, you pretty much know what you're doing, don't you? Mm. Like rely on the fact that you know what you're doing. Rely on your experience. Um, how many times have we, we've played Everton a bunch of times recently? Like, what do you need to tell Robin Cock about dealing with Sims from like a Sunderland Loney? It's like it's it's a bit like it's uh, some of the stories that come. It's an Alex Ferguson, wasn't it? Isn't it? It's like lads, it's Spurs. Yeah, you get to a point with the team sometimes where you should be able to just go, lads, it's Everton. Look, you know, Coleman is slow. Coleman against Nyonto. Yeah, that is a good up, a like, good off because well, like, he's going to likely have Cody on that side covering it as well. So there's not a lot of pace there, is there? No. I mean, bear, bear in mind we're recording ahead of the the presser. Would you stick Aronson back in? So we don't know what, what's happening just yet. No. Would you put him maybe not like on the right of the front three? No, and, I'd stick with the same. Would you go with mid, would you would you go with a midfield three then? I think it'll be McKenney and Adams with with Jackie in front of him. Right, that's what I would guess yeah. he'll go for, and I'm. The old four two three one. That is what I would go for. Oh, tactics. The midfield's interesting because they do they they have very much gone to like three men in midfield, one man up front. It's Daichi. It's mm. Daichi is what they've done. Win the battles in midfield. So it'd be interesting to see how that, that goes. I'm quite glad we've got McKenney in there for this one, actually. I think it might it might suit him, this kind of a game. It's probably going to be a bit untidy in there. But we can do untidy. It's funny listening to you two, like you I've just realised you two are the embodiment of Moscow. You represent my optimism. Michael, you re- represent my worst fears when it comes to this. how this result's going to go. Because although I've said I think our superior foot- football and ability might see us home, I am also terrified mm. of exactly what you describe unfolding. I mean, there were, in fairness, against... I know against Liverpool, they were quite defensive and pretty much trying to... It looked like they were setting out for a point. But against Arsenal, they were actually quite good. They were, they were on the front foot for a lot of the game with Everton. It wasn't like they were just trying to snatch it on a set piece. They had some... Some good bits in that game. They've done that with Lampard, though, haven't they? Remember, they'd have they'd have a good result under Lampard, and they would go, mm. oh, they've, they've won, they'd win a match, and, and he would be doing a lap of honour, taking all the credit for it, and then the next game, they're just absolutely awful again. So that could be... And he'd be like that, not me, this one. Yeah, yeah. It was um, the players. But it, does, it does beg the question, though, of how they approach playing us, because teams that allow us to have the ball and sit deep tend to be the ones that have prospered against us. Whereas there's probably going to be a bit of an imperative on them being in front of their home crowd to take this game to us and try and get it won. So um, Well, they have to win as well. They're below yeah, us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So it's, I mean, the, it's a huge chance for them, isn't it? Not only us, but them too. But it's not, it's not also a huge chance. It's a huge problem because they have to win. If we draw, you, you know, it's not ideal, but it's a little bit better um, than it's for them because we stay above them. So this um, at home needing to win, like the idea of them sort of going into a low block without taking the lead they can't be too defensive and that I, don't, I, don't the, think, I don't think they will be at home in this no. one I think if they take the lead they might they might go defensive but oh they definitely I mean Manchester City did that against Arsenal it seems to be the new thing mm. it's weird that we've come out of the World Cup when everyone's clamping down on um, time wasting and now it seems like more and more teams have got on the idea of like the goalkeeper just moving slowly as possible like they're doing some kind of like 
robot dance from the 1980s where it's like creeping through on a, in a middle eight and then they'll burst into life again when the referee stares at them. But yeah, I mean, two Manchester City players getting booked for time-wasting before half-time and they're supposed to be the best team around. So we need to not concede early, preferably ever, and we need to score a ton of goals. There's ever ton, but one would do. I don't want Pat Bamford to do a piano stroke violin celebration when he mm-hmm. does. Right in Deitch's face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got one yeah, over. Good shout. And that's it. The way we played against in the last couple of games looked to me better than the way Everton played against Liverpool. Like that's kind of the test of like trying to play. And also Liverpool have been terrible. So they lost mm-hmm. to a terrible team uh, with good players. And we are a terrible team with good players. <laughs> so it should be pretty much set up for us. So also <laughs> being on the break as well, like if we can, because that was, it's much more difficult to achieve that stuff against um, our recent opponents than it will be against Everton. I suppose Harry Maguire was quite entertaining for a while, but he still got the hair to get past in the end. Whereas Pickford just likes a wonder, doesn't he? Connor Cody is what he is. Tarks is what he is. Yeah. The method of giving, letting their centre backs have the ball may well just stick from the Man United game in this one because yeah. it'll probably be all right. Well, that's it without going in without a proper manager is how much information do you need to actually be able to beat Evan? What does Scoobs need to do to get this result? He needs to. What does Scooby do? What does Scooby need to do? What does he need to make sure that we are disciplined in shape? He seems to have cracked that in the last couple of games. He needs to make sure that we are, we have clarity about the way that we're attacking. And I think the way that we've sort of kept it quite fast, but with a bit more patience in the final third has been a great change where we're trying to keep the ball there and trying to make more chances if we don't score uh, straight away. And then it's picking out which of the Everton players we need to press and which ones we need to leave because they'll give us the ball and then just win. Here in Yorkshire, we don't like waste. So with energy consumption front of mind these days, there's a lot of focus on conserving it and minimising waste. Boxed have loads of great advice on their website about how to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down should you leave your heating on all the time or switch it on and off as needed. Boxed will help you answer that question and plenty more and save you plenty of cash in the long run too. You could save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat. Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process starts on the website, couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert qualified installer and is included in the price. 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. So just head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use that code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. Into part three, and part three is Heroes and Villains. We'll also keep track on the uh, Willie Nonto of the Year award. Um, Ken Bates, Villain of the Week. Right, our candidates. Bruno Fernandes is obviously going to win this. The Scum fans, some pelters for the board, as you might understand, in what's been a week of turbulence at Ellen Road. Jesse Marsh gets a solitary nomination. And Scoobs, we can rule this one out. Pete is saying Scoobs for his subs lost as the game against Man United. Yeah. Trying his best. They didn't really work, but... No. Nah. I think the only hint... I thought Bamford was looking tired, but then you hear... Um, we saw his reaction and also Luke Ayling's reaction when it was happening. Um, but maybe in the new atmosphere where the manager actually doesn't pretend to listen but does listen maybe during the week they'll be able to say look Scoobs 
Bamford will be like, I could have played a bit longer. You didn't have to take me off. And then Luke backing him up and he may um, run him into the ground on Saturday. <laughs> Great. <laughs> begging, he, to, begging to come off and he's like, no, you told me not. Yep. <laughs> Scoops has been saying about his management style. That it's so all when, like, Tyler, when Tyler Roberts was broken and he made him stay on, when Jesse Marsh made him stay on. He's uh, he's not afraid to take decisions is what Scoops has been saying. That he'll, he'll listen to everybody, but then he is not afraid to have the final say. So maybe it'll be uh, maybe 10 minutes in. He's like, right, get Bamford off. Pat Bamford's fully Burt Troutman and he has to stay on. <laughs> hobbling <laughs> around right that's one for the kids shattered spine right we've got Bruno Fernandes who is leading the charge here I mean he's he's got to have this surely I, mean, I can't what, think of a better candidate Wedge says just look at his face for crying out loud and uh, yeah. and Dr Pussy is a, which is a great oh. name he says uh, the Suarez brother from an even uglier mother, mother which is uh, which is damning yeah I mean uh, West Ham Ralph uh, scum looking bastard rat twat uh, for example the one where he just sat down yeah, that was the upsetting it, it, one. I want the game stopped, so I'm yeah. going to sit down. I'll probably hold my head for a bit and just had to his, make sure. He had his back to the play as well. I think that's what was the real petulance about it. He was right up our end and we were attacking. He's the, he's the sort of southwest corner direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he just sat with his back to the game, waiting for the referee to come over and go, are you all right? And it was just... Was, did the ref not time to get up at that point and then eventually um, allowed him either treatment or whatever? Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, he was he was making it clear that he wasn't going to stop the game because he didn't think he was injured, and then we went and had like quite a long running attack. But he just stayed sitting there. And I don't know what you, what else you do. It's kind of it is the logic of a of a two year old because you will know better than me as parents. But there just probably comes a point when your child is doing something where you know you can't reason with them because they're too young for for the reasoning. They're not going to take it in. Like, oh, here are the reasons why your behaviour is kind of unreasonable and you can't do this. You just got to go on that. All right, what's wrong? <laughs> what is it, darling? Yeah, except we're talking about a grown adult mm. professional But with a very, a very kickable face. Uh, if, if you saw Bruno Fernandes on a street corner getting beaten up and it's getting increasingly violent, what's your threshold for intervening? <laughs> At what point would you say, come on, that's enough now? Sometimes it's best to turn a blind eye. <laughs> <laughs> to violence. <laughs> To street violence? Only now, only now and then. <laughs> Sometimes it's better not to involve involve yourself in things. Too many vigilantes aren't there already. Exactly. I don't, you I just don't, become I don't another know the, statistic. Don't, become, I don't, don't, I don't, be, the, don't be have a go hero. I don't it? know the backstory, do I? <laughs> yeah, well, well I, know, I know enough of Bruno Fernandes' backstory to just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you need any help, lads? No, it's fine. He seems to be doing, seems to be doing fine. <laughs> don't keep Bruno Fernandes to death, but... Bruno Fernandes, get off the fucking floor. Uh, be, I mean, ironically, if someone was beating him up, he probably would be on the floor mm. with just cause. So, um, The board have got some pelters directed at them for... Uh, <laughs> Graham says he's Vic- <laughs> the board, Victor Orta, for being like Urente, but with air miles. <laughs> Do we know exactly what he was in Holland for? Was it was it um, Slot or was it Schroeder or do we not... Was it a bit of both? Banging on the door of any Dutch club when he's trying to get... I don't know where Jordan Pataka is. Yeah, well, I think he has like, He has been flying out for the talks, hasn't he? We have spoken to, or Victor Orta has spoken to, the guys in uh, Rayo and then Holland. What a life. Those are the two places he has been. Just so, fly, flying around places. Yeah. So the, Talking about football. Negotiations have happened, and I guess they're all with the people that we've heard about, but they've all been um, fruitless, ter- fruitless, turning him away, okay. like uh, Joseph and Mary. It's mm. a shame, isn't it? Philip does um, does say the board is making Chilino look like a master strategist right now, <laughs> which is 
Well, he's it's always just, got a coach available. I was going to say he always used to get some, often the coach he'd fired a few months before as um, poor old back. poor well, old uh, Pep Clotet has found out recently. Has Philip Philip inadvertently undermined his own point because his sign off here is get a fucking proper manager in or stop pissing around and let Scoobs do it. Mm-hmm. So have they not followed your brief there? Yeah, I mean, this week since they got since they stopped uh, Schroeder in his tracks and sent him away again giving it to Scoobs, it's like, the, I feel like it's the first sensible decision they've made in the whole thing. The, the only one that isn't, doesn't feel tinged with it. See the Radritzani desperately tweeting about, or tweeting that it's done, or we're chasing after, trying to get managers who've all very, got very happy jobs and lovely lives and trying to convince them to get involved in our madness and all this kind of stuff. It's like, like okay, Scoobs has had two good games. It will take some of the heat off if we just say, Everton, he's doing it. Southampton, he's probably doing it. And we're going to try and find someone. And hopefully as a part of all that as well, they maybe got all together and go, right, while we do this, while Scoobs is running the team, how about we all shut up? Yeah. And, and at that moment, you're looking at Andrea Ratrizzani and you really, how about we all, all of us, not just one person, but all but of Andre, us. Andrea, put your phone down. We're, yeah. we're at the table, Andrea. We're at the table. No, put... No Aero, phones at the Aero table. Airplane mode only. You can yeah. play only games, <laughs> but no data connection. <laughs> so it needed, it just needed that. And uh, that's been good. But then getting us into this situation in the first place, because they've been using, I've been seeing that phrase kind of knocking around that must have been distributed from the club, where it's like the, the club feel uh, that they, they made the, the right decision at the right time. But it reminds me of when, Peter Ridsdale always says that about his last sort of six months in the job at Leeds, where he's like, I had to make those decisions. Selling Jonathan Woodgate, like there was no other choice. I had to make those hard decisions. And other people may not have made those hard decisions that saved the club. And it's like, yes, Peter. But the reason you had to make those hard decisions was because the two or three years leading up to it, everything you had been doing was completely wrong. It's like, yes, but I made the hard (laughs) decisions. And there's been an element of that with this as well. It's like they they feel that the decision to make to sack Jesse Marsh, even though they haven't got a replacement, it it was the right decision at the right time. I made the hard decision. You hired him. I made the hard decision to evacuate the helicopter cockpit because I'd just driven the helicopter into the floor. I was going to say, I've, I was going to say, I've been spending all morning clearing shit off those bed sheets. <laughs> I made the hard decision to put them in the washer. <laughs> shit was it? Well, yes. If we're going to yeah. get into that, fine. But still, I've cleaned it up. Well, sort of. Uh, it's in a bin bag on the driveway. And we, we need to address the, the chanting, by the way, and that's why the Scum fans were nominated. I think, given the tone of this podcast, it goes without saying that we don't want to trivialise discussions around murder and death. We spoke about it on one of the previous shows yes obviously Despicable is well worthy of villainy but this is a light hearted show and we'd rather just dig out Bruno Fernandes and have a laugh about it I think it's the annual uh, villain nomination isn't it twice annual whenever we play them yeah so which leaves us back with uh, Jesse Marsh for his uh, and I think Jason Kay has a point that possibly the worst thing Jesse Marsh has done at least He he did some good things I don't mean to be completely horrible but bringing on Rodrigo at Accrington Stanley because Jorginho Ruter looking uh, not quite ready in the game on uh, Sunday did suggest like it was just imagine if we'd been able to bring Rodrigo on instead just for the the experience and the ability to press from the front and like, do what Bamford had been doing and score some goals as well which he's been doing all season but we can't have it because Jesse Marsh decided 
Well, and even then, yeah, let's get into it. The justification is like, ah, <laughs> oh, I wanted to see how he would play with uh, with Pat Bamford as a two for thirty seconds. Yes, so within minutes he'd taken Bamford off as well, and then uh, are you suggesting just just to check Moscow that there was a lack of foresight there? Well, I mean, I'm, and there was a lack of foresight from the board in terms of when to get rid of him. It's uh, it's almost like well, I mean, they can't see the future, and you know things overtake them. And I'm never actually an advocate of not playing a footballer in a game in case they get injured because. Injuries can happen at any time. They can handle. They can happen in training. I mean, apart from the fact that you've just dug out Jesse Marsh for doing exactly that. Well, it's an. It, this is. A, it's specifically annoying after it's happened. Like I, but also in this in these circumstances, it didn't feel necessary. Like if it is nil nil in a cup match, you're about to kick off, and you want a strong team. And if a player that in your strong team gets injured, I think that's unfortunate. But you've got a good case saying we wanted to try and win the game. You're three nil up and coasting, then it was pretty. And you've got some youth players there that you want to give more time to get some more experience. Well, the more useful thing instead of seeing him play with bat with bat pamford yep. for six minutes as a two against a League One team, which is what it ended up being and was the justification. How much did we learn from that compared to what a little bit longer for Matteo Joseph might have meant? Uh, didn't we have we had uh, who was the other? player on the bench Perkins a little bit more time for Sonny Perkins on the pitch would have been better than hobbling not just Rodrigo but our hopes it's amazing dreams. that when this came up at the time we kind of just skirted around it and excused it and now, now he's being fired proper digging him out for it. anyway it's Fernandez who's having it of it? course yeah for being rat faced uh, player of the year award before we get into um, the Catano Barad hero of the week Scores from the most recent scum game. Luke Ayling ended up getting uh, man of the match, 8.2. So had a very good week as Luke. Yeah, some decent scores all round, barring uh, the odd one here and there. Everybody above six, just about. Scoobs in the gang got over seven, mm-hmm. which is good. Junior Furpo, third. Got the, he got the bronze medal there. Seven His point, highest ever score. 7.15 out of 10. Good um, player. Yeah. Always said so. Mm, definitely. Speaking of um, discrediting Marsh, by the way, as we were just doing... <laughs> I'm going to take away from him something I gave last week as well. Has there been a steward's inquiry? I noticed that the formula feeding into his score included the Scoob's score from Scum, yeah. which had pushed him above an average of five. Because, I mean, I want to say very very much that, that it is quite a complex spreadsheet that we've got this on. Well, it's, you know, average, isn't it? It's, yeah. just, average, it's just average scores. I mean, it felt complex to me when I was setting that bit up. <laughs> I know you were very, I know you're hugely proud of it, but you yeah. But you, I mean, you did very well. You did very well. Oh, thank but you. yeah, so... Scoobs didn't have his own line added in at that point. He was still on the, the Jesse Marsh line. So it bumped him up to over five. His actual score was 4.85, which quite pleasingly pushes him below Diego Llorente, who was on 4.89. So well done, Jesse. <laughs> Basically, the two people at the bottom of this sheet, we've seen fit to get just get the fuck out. Mm, maybe so, the board are doing the right things. So, if they've got access to this sheet... Check, uh, check the um I'll check the share permission yeah. with let Angus Kinnear. Let me have a look. Uh, share. Oh yeah, there they are. It's us lot. And yeah, yeah. So they're keeping everybody at the domain legionite.com. There you go. Perfect. Wow. Didn't yeah. expect that. So the the bottom of the table to uh, to start from the bottom it is Jesse Marsh four point eight four, Diego Llorente four point eight nine, Matteo Joseph, Joel Robles also more impressive. All the, than all the our ones manager. The, all the ones at the bottom are basically players who haven't played very much, so you can't mm. really score them anything. No, but it's funny to uh, to to point this out. But Junior's Joel average is Robles. Junior's average has been dragged up. Jorginho Ruta, let's hope he produces more between now and the end of the season before we start 
uh, demonising him. Right, your main candidates, by the way, for the Gitano Barada Hero of the Week award. Oh, we didn't, we didn't cover the top of oh, that table, by the way. On. Willie Nonto still way ahead. 7.6, then we're into Verba at 7, and Tyler Adams just below. 6.99. He is behind Scoobs, though. He is. If Scoobs was a player, he'd be our best one. Uh, I, I just want to reinforce, just again for the record, that we are going to have a trophy made for Willie Nonto when he wins this, by the way. Okay. Gitano Barada Hero of the Week award. Scoobs is leading the way on nominations here. Uh, nominations for Ailing, Nonto, and Verba. I think Ailing actually had the most nominations today, which is right, I think, because of the week he'd had. I know he was. It's weird because a couple of goals did essentially come from his side, didn't they? In the end, but I think what he gave to that point was enough that you go. Ah. There's a lot of leg- legacy credit there as well, isn't there? We probably have been three down if he hadn't played so well before we conceded. So it's basically everybody else's fault for not scoring while he was playing well and while he was fit and uh, up to speed. And then by the, like 70 minutes of prime ailing, if we didn't take the lead in that time. Probably similar Old Trafford, I guess, because this does include that because we did get 2-0 up with prime ailing, and but just we faded off just too soon, didn't we? I, I'm tempted, you know. It's a bit of a left field one, but Junior Furpo. He's nominated. Well, this is best ever. There, there have been better Luke Ayling moments than this, haven't there? Mm. I mean, that yellow card was brilliant at Old Trafford because it was just so blatant and annoying for the opposition. Well, it was, it was professional, is what it was. Yeah. So he did his job really well. Yeah. And then he was good at Ellen Road. In was, that situation, there was not a thing he could have done that was better than just hopping onto his back. And I just think maybe giving him this award is just a really nice story arc. Tyler Adams wants to have his say, though. And he uh, he's nominated, and as is McKenney. Do we have to nominate them together now for everything? Yeah, Adams and McKenney is uh, the new partnership. Yeah, the, the early tackles from those two were great. The the raw that got was yeah. like, come on, seeing Jaden Sancho go up in the air with, with a perfectly good tackle, and he only went up in the air because he basically rolled off. Was it Adams who made that tackle or McKenney? Yeah, that was Adams. Yeah, was that one? He sort of rolled off him and up into the air, which was great. The McKenney one was where he managed to. Slide tackling with such force he managed to concuss the bloke on the way down because his head smashed into the ground. This is it. This is a good thing. Scoobs said that he loves this partnership. I think I might start to love this partnership because what you just described there, imagine that happens to you. You're Jaden Sancho and you go spinning up in the air and then, and you know, Tyler Adams has done it to you and then you look up and there's Weston McKenney standing there. Yes, yeah, so I Or Weston d- McKenney tackles you. And don't then mess the, with my mate. Yeah, and then you're, you're like, oh God, that guy's really battered me. And then you look next to you and it's like Tyler Adams is standing there. Like, this is hopefully this is what's going to happen into Everton's midfield on Saturday while Deitch stands on the sidelines begging his players to 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 get stuck in and stand up to to the what what would uh, what would Sean Deitch protest or ask his players to do if he saw his three midfield players being battered around by a couple of soccer get players. into these fucking rounders boys <laughs> there we go that's what we needed um, some. Outline nominations. Bamford gets one from Jason for the, being the glue to hold this uh, this shit show together, seemingly. Yeah, you can't sub him off, can you? Whether nope. he wants to or not, he'll be begging to come off soon. Who, who are you putting forward then? Who are you nominating well, personally? Kevin's mentioned Nathan Jones. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Wolves going down to 10 was to our detriment. I think it was um, Jonathan Liu made a great point in The Guardian. was like, people... That's a great article, by the way. People just needed to enjoy him more and like... <laughs> And what was the, he picked out, he said there was there will never be a funnier phrase than I want to test myself at the highest level and that's with no disrespect to Welsh women. There's just, <laughs> yeah, 
Nobody else is ever going to give you that. So Nathan Jones can have a little. And if you have, if you haven't heard it yet, go back to this week's propaganda because he features in that. There's a mashup Mm. with um, Nathan Jones and Paul Sykes, who is. Let me describe him for anybody who doesn't know Paul Sykes. We've got American listeners, for example. I mean, Paul Sykes. He's a bad person. A complete bastard, it's worth saying. Um, But a former boxer and general wrong and spent a lot of time in prison from Wakefield. But he, he did a documentary, part of which he's in prison, part of which he's released from prison. It's all on YouTube, actually. It's called... I can't remember, just search Paul Sykes documentary. Yeah. There's a long thing. He's he's eccentric mm. and um, deluded. And remarkably similar to Nathan Jones when you put the two clips together. Yeah, but no, I think the, the where Southampton have missed out is having Jesse in alongside Nathan Jones. Oh, the dream. Because that would have been great. I watched the Nathan Jones training session, actually. Southampton put one on YouTube when he first joined. It looks shit. It's just as bad in that as you'd expect. I can't actually believe they put it out. Hey, lads. Breaking news. Right this very second, as we're, as we're discussing, no, 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 as we're discussing Luke Ayling, he said his contract extended by a year. Is this the sign that we need to give him this award? Ah, oh, that's nice. I'm glad he's a bit had it extended because he's he's earned. It. Oh, mind you, oh, he's bloody earned it now. That's why he's that's why he's playing well, is it? Yeah, he's extended till the summer of 2024, so an extra year. No, I think. He, I mean, Good. I mean, he's still our best right back, isn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, keep him. So should we give him this then, as well as a new contract, he gets this award? Yeah. On the same day. There is a, I mean, the argument has been that these players, maybe they need to fade from view, maybe they're over the hill, maybe um, we need them more than ever. Ailing then? Yep. Well C- done. Congratulations, Luke Ailing. Keep it up, young man. Keep it up. And who's he got to deal with on the left-hand side? Is it Dwight McNeil this weekend he'll be dealing with? Will be, yeah. Wow. Wow. No Excellent. problem. Need Alioski there to pull faces at him again, which hurt his feelings so badly. Well, there you go. Weekly show wrapped up for you. Uh, we'll be back with another weekly show next week because they're weekly. That's, yep. That is the idea. Mm-hmm. Try and it? do it every week. <laughs> Hence the name. Hence the name. Um, what's to come the rest of this week? Well, look out for the Phil Hay show on Friday. We've got the match ball over the weekend post Everton and then back into another round of, of fun for the following week. Phil Hay back on his show as well for Monday. Oh, he's going to actually bother, yeah, is I he? Know, I know. Sick of him. Lazy. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 